when people hit a roadblock, when people start to feel some friction, all of a sudden they want to start pointing fingers and they think other people need to fix their problems. When that is the exact opposite, you need to fix your own shit, man. So we're going to rename this episode went from be careful to, to take care of your own shit. Oh, hey, Jerry. <laughs> hey, Hoss. Hey, we're back. We're back. Episode numero eight. The Ocho. Well, talk to me, Goose. What's well, up? Well, we're back. We are back. We, uh, it's nice to be back. We had, a, we had a big week this week. Go on. The last seven days. Episode six hit the air. Oh, episode seven six hit and the seven. air. A lot of great feedback. Phenomenal feedback. I want to thank our loyal listeners, followers, and all the new people that keep adding. I don't blame you for joining, by the way. I mean, it's good stuff. Good content. A lot of great feedback. I think, Ben, did, you even, did we even get an email? Yeah, we did. So we got, uh, we've gotten a lot of phone calls, emails, texts, six and seven. We're starting to get some traction here. We're starting to get a little loyal fan base. You know, when I looked up the other day, we actually have listeners in Brazil now. And Brazil. In, and in Poland. Poland? That's right. Wow. And we have, uh, I'm pretty sure it's one loyal listener in the mighty country of Germany. And I think his last name might be Schumann. I'm not sure. I doubt it. But I think we, we got to give rep. a shout out to the bro because your downloads in Germany are showing up on the uh, in the statistics. He tells me he doesn't listen. He's You lie to me. Well, it's downloads. It doesn't say it's not necessarily listens. It's downloads. It's okay. I'm, I'm going to link them together. Is that Brian Schumann or Clint Schumann? It is Brian Schumann. Brian, shout out to you, man. Shout out to Brian Schumann. Thanks for the downloads. Keep them downloads, coming. Downloads, right. I want to hear your feedback, though. You know what? I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put a little plug in to see if he actually listens here. Uh, Brian, give me a call. Tell me how you enjoyed episode seven, six, or even eight in that order. We're doing eight right now. That's right. So we got, we got some housekeeping things to to cover because we have, we've gotten, we've gotten texts and emails and calls and there's a couple of things that need to be addressed. Please do. Let's get rid of some housekeeping. Uh, number one, uh, I got to give a shout out to my brother, Andrew A. Blake, a Blake, uh, uncle Moo. Got to sh- give a shout out to my brother because the, the feedback that I get from him after every episode is buy some new damn microphones. Thank you, A. Blake. <laughs> Thank you. Good feedback. So uh, all the listeners out there, we are aware that our audio quality has not been quite up to snuff. And so uh, just before we started recording here, we were we were talking about upgrading our audio setup. Uh, and another shout out to our boy, Matt Dayton, who is who's our tech guru on on the Eclipse on Tap cycling. The team. Duke. Yeah, he's the he's the big host of EOT, which we've mentioned before. Matt, uh, thank you for all the advice and all the links you're sending me. And uh, I'm going to take your advice and we're going to upgrade the audio. So everybody, we're going to sound a little bit better. And another big upgrade that we've made this episode is that we do not have the bug cooking up some vittles for Jeremiah in the background. Last couple episodes, we had some uh, banging and clanging of dishes and pots and pans in the background, so we apologize for that. Or let me apologize, too, for that ding on your phone because you're going to ding you a new text. Oh, I just turned that. I turned it down. Okay, thank you. Turn it off. Okay, that's item number one, audio. We're, we're going to get it fixed. Um, we're going to raise the roof on that, by the way. Raise the roof. And I'm going to get another. Sh- so we're basically going to cover just about every family member we have today because my mother was a little bit confused so let's help as you and i chat here you know we're buddies and i think a lot of our 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 banter is inside talk especially when it comes to names because we have about 12 different nicknames for everybody okay so i need you to explain for my mom what is and who is f and h uh f and h so everybody in our circle gets a nickname so when we first met ben's lovely biscuit 
<laughs> we her last name was Fox, so I don't know how it came out of nowhere, but it was F and H for Fox and the Hound. That's F and H. F and H. So if you say F and H, that is referring to Kristen. Kristen. My beautiful girlfriend. Beautiful roommate. And it's also worth noting, if everybody hasn't figured it out yet, you call me Hoss, I call you Jerry. I also refer to you as Jemma. Jemma. And sometimes I'll I'll even drop a Gerald on you. I, I get it. Do you? It's, it's okay. Okay, so we got the names all straightened out. I, I think we do. So that was for you, Mom. Now you can get your name straight. She was also very confused because she doesn't know what Grattan is. Because we've mentioned Grattan a number of times. I need you to explain to everybody what Grattan is. I don't... No problem. Is that, is that with an A-N or O-N? It's an A-N. Oh, Grattan. Yeah. yeah. Grattan. You're the only one that misspells it. On purpose. It's, it, I love, the, I love the, the banter about it. So Grattan is a, a speedway... A, a cl- it's a raceway. Can we call it that? A racetrack? It's a racetrack. Racetrack located in Grattan, Michigan. Michigan. And it is about a two mile closed course road course. Well, it's not an oval. It's a, it's a road course. You've got left, rights, up and downs, all kind of good stuff. And we actually race our bicycles on that every Wednesday night starting at about uh, Memorial Day-ish. May through, May through August. May through August. So we, uh, we race our bicycles. So think of Grattan as like a softball league or a bowling league, right? But it's a cycling league. So every night we race. Every Wednesday night in the summer, we race at Grattan Raceway. That's what Grattan is. Grattan. Boom. I'd like to give a shout out to Mrs. Diesel for asking some good questions. <laughs> so, oh, we have our first sponsor. I'm going down the list of my notes here. We got to go over our very first sponsor. Sponsor. Yeah. Let's talk about it. I think we should. So we're very excited. We were... Uh, Approached? Can we say we were approached, or no, did th- we approach them? I, I think what happened was a couple of different things. Sure. First and foremost, we gave someone uh, in the industry that we uh, are so close to, and done a lot of business with. In an episode number seven, we gave a shout out. Was it seven or six? I'm sorry. Maybe. I think it was six. I'm sorry. Yeah, it six. was six. We gave a shout out to a one O D Brendan O'Driscoll. From Treadstone Funding, we gave him a shout out and we said, hey, look up Brendan. You guys want a great deal on mortgages, a great customer service. And I think at the time I did make some comment and I will not take it back that if he doesn't treat you well, I will punch him in the throat. Yeah. So Brendan O'Driscoll, Treadstone Mortgage, uh, we negotiated quite a sweet sponsorship. We negotiated quite a sweet sponsorship. (laughs) We (laughs) negotiated. I'm going to let you go. Keep going. I'm going to laugh. We negotiated a nice sponsorship package. Got it. Nailed, Nailed it. Uh, just the record package. For other low listeners, too, I know we have sometimes we have some issues. Uh, ben will be working on Hooked on Phonics next week. <laughs> I haven't even had one drink yet. What we negotiated was we would give any sponsor, and this is anybody now, so anybody that wants to reach out, and if you want, us to, uh, if you want to sponsor us on this podcast, for one bottle of whiskey, we will give you a shout-out every episode. I think that's fair. Yeah. Especially if it's premium whiskey, because OD and I quote, he, he, he kind of dangled the carrot with some premium stuff. I'm not sure what that is yet, but it's premium. Premium. He's getting like number one slot right now yeah. in the uh, sponsorship slot. Yeah. So shout out, the only shout out again to OD. If you need a mortgage, go see him. He's the best. And speaking of premium whiskey, oh. we now have to give our description to Nathaniel. Please do. Okay. So... For today's episode, we are enjoying the sweet, sweet deliciousness of the Widow Jane, made with pure limestone mineral water from the legendary Rosendale Mines of New York. It's a blend of straight 
bourbons. Mm. And uh, yeah, this is good stuff. Widow Jane. But this is good stuff. This is about as premium as we ever get. This is not one of the things that you just find on the shelf at the grocery store. This is good stuff. We had to go to Rishi's to get this. Oh, they don't distribute in Michigan, by the way. Somehow they 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 get it here. But well, thank you, Rishi. Thank you, Rishi. I I would I would call I put it under under the delicious comment. Yeah. Section. So so the Widow Jane. This is a quite a step up from our normal Bullet or Knob Creek or Doers or whatever we're drinking. So hey, cheers, Jerry. Cheers. Here we go. Cheers. Let's do it. To you, Nathaniel. And I think that is all of the housekeeping items that I had. That is excellent. Yeah. So I was, uh, I want to give another shout out real quick here. And I'm going to, I'm going to parlay this into a couple of questions for Ben. I was listening to our loyal, uh, talking to one of our loyal followers, Kyle Pierce, Kyle Pierce of Mundo. What's up guy. Him and I were talking, uh, today when I was riding, I was riding my bicycle today cause I ride and we were talking about some different stocks. Again, Kyle's big into the, uh, into the stocks now, which is great. And we Ben and I always talk about the, as, as the casino, and whatnot, but we had a discussion this morning about the great one uh, Tesla again today. Interestingly enough, I read an article this week how Tesla has like uh, they make more money on Bitcoin than they do in any other part of their business to a certain extent. They have like seven hundred plus million dollars of Bitcoin, and literally this week, last week, and it's more than that. One point five billion. What's well, a lot? No, they've made they've made seven hundred million dollars oh, on Bitcoin made. based and, on the current value. Right. Okay. Which, by the way, has gone down from fifty-eight thousand to forty-eight thousand, forty-six thousand, almost overnight. Overnight, and and I, and there was anecdotally, I believe that uh, the legendary Elon Musk came out and said something about that he thinks it's overvalued, and quite frankly, it went down. But it's like double-headed, double-edged sword, double-edged sword. Excuse me. That I mean, it hurt Tesla stock and Bitcoin. That just shows how the this the pure breadth of influence that man has. I mean, brilliant man. Elon moves markets. He does move markets. What's ironic, and Ben texted me earlier today, he said, Elon's no longer number one. Jeff Bezos is back. I'm like, I wonder if he actually thinks about that. Doubt it. Negative. So that just proves my point, man. It's a casino, and it makes no sense. Okay, I take that back. It can make some sense to some people. I'm sure there's a lot of very talented people that have you know, devoted their entire lives to understanding what's going on in the stock market, and those people that get it, good for you. But for average Joe like you and me, who we, we all we have is the Google machine to research, like we don't know dick about the stock market. Right. And a, a tweet from President Trump or a statement from Elon Musk is not going to move the value of real estate. It's not going to ever. It does okay? not. But it can move the value of stocks, and that's what's that's what's so cavalier about it. It's just dumb. That's why I don't like it. And wow. So anything that I would put into a single stock, I'll say it again: you're gambling. Which is, I mean, it's okay because there is some gambling you can go on if you're willing to, you know, we, as we talked about before, if, if you're not willing to lose it, don't put it in there. Now, there is there has been some phenomenal returns in the last year about this stuff. I know we've kind of kind of kind of full circle from some other episodes, but man, yes, it's, uh, it's been pretty good. Jerry, I'm going to call you out right now. Do it. You have beaten that dead horse about phenomenal returns the last year. Yeah. You have. Hard. Thank you. Okay, and let me tell you something. The vast majority of individual investors. Now, I'm not talking about the institutional guys. I'm not talking about the the Goldman Sachs, the Morgan Stanleys, the guys these these people that are paid hundreds of thousands of dollars a year to do analysis and to research and to and to truly understand that that do that as their their profession. You know, eight to ten hours or more a day every week, fifty weeks a year, right? I'm not talking about those people. I'm talking about average Joe Day Trader 
who has hopped in the market since COVID started because they were sitting at home and they had nothing better to do. All of you people, I don't care what research you read on E-Trade or on you know, whatever website or on Yahoo Finance, like whatever conclusion you came to when you were buying stocks, you were guessing. And you were fortunate that over the past year, the numbers kept going up. Over well, the past couple of years. I mean, we've been a part of a bull market for a long time now. It's been really since 2009, since we had a big retraction. And I'm going to tell you right now, all these people that think they're professional day traders and, oh, I'm trading options and I'm making so much money every day and I took 500 and I turned into 10,000. You're going to end up losing it. Watch out. I think that's the moral of the story. Maybe we should we should make mark this episode eight. Be careful. And if I'm wrong, kudos to you. Call me up and tell me what your secret is. Because if you figured it out, then you could sell that secret for millions. Oh, no question. I mean, you look at the GameStop thing, the Tesla thing. When I say thing, I mean, people have made a lot of money on the way up. But, you know, in the last month, you know, Tesla's at, and we're using Tesla as kind of our baseline. It seems like a lot of case study. It was at 880 a share. Now, today it was down at 600 and it rebounded a little back to 700. But, ho oh, you, that, yeah, I mean, that's some pretty nutty stuff. A lot of people bought that stock at 880 and not too, not too happy right now. Right. Because it, it went below 700 today. I don't know where it closed, but. Uh, it was down at like 600 at one point. Yeah. It rebounded and it came back to 667. Then it, after hours kind of yeah. went up. I did, I did have something I want to talk about today. Okay, go ahead. And I don't know if this might lead into additional conversation or this might make it for a very short episode. I don't know, but it's okay. I want to get something off my chest. Do it. Is, is this a, is this a safe, safe space? Circle of trust. Is it a circle of trust? I think it is. So am I free to vent here? If you want to go ahead. Okay. I got to do a little venting today and there's a, should I put my feet up? It, like it's, it's going to get muddy and you know, I might take a while here. So you know how I like to filibuster. So Oof. this, this might take a little bit. Um, I'm going to get to a point. It might take me a minute to get there, but I got to tell a story that kind of leads me to that point. So I want to be, I want to be clear. First of all, that we, we at the POFU podcast, we, we like to promote positivity. We like to promote good vibes. We're all about all that good stuff, right? Roll Tide. Okay, but I'm, I'm going to vent a little bit here. Okay. So the, the story I'm going to tell is, is something that you're familiar with. I've shared it with you a number of times. So a couple of years ago, I made the decision to liquidate my rental portfolio. One of those properties in that portfolio was a single-family residence on Fremont Northwest that you're familiar with. I, I've heard a story. And the house was paid off. And I decided to sell the house on land contract. So if you don't know what land contract is, most people outside of Michigan don't. Land contract is just a form of owner financing where I was the bank to the new buyer. So instead, the buyer, instead of going to a bank and getting their own mortgage, I carried the note in the, in the form of a land contract. And that's not important. So how, it w- how the deal was structured is I sold it with 10% down payment, which at the time was a little over $15,000. So I thought with that amount of down payment, of course, just like any bank would do is you want to you want to secure your investment in, in the event that it goes south and the buyer stops paying, I can foreclose and still get the property back and then ideally sell it and at least at least get my money back. Tracking with me, Jerry? Yeah. Do you mind passing the widow? Because I'm getting a little. I'm getting. Are low. you getting bored? I'm getting a little. You know, I'm getting a little. I'm getting a little parched over here. Go ahead. All Keep right. Going. So well, feel free to jump in with comments at any time. Oh, not when you're on a roll like I this. I encourage it. So I sell the house on land contract, and it goes well for about a year. And after about a year and a half, the woman stops paying. Fast forward maybe six months or so after that, we're, we're deep into the foreclosure process because she has stopped paying. Let me let me stop you right there if you don't mind. And you're getting into it, and I appreciate your passion. I'm with you. So 
why don't we parlay this episode? I, I hear where you're going. Let's let's have our listeners learn something along the way because they're going to learn something from you. But tell me why you would sell the house in the first place under a land contract. I think this would be a good. Can good we get case to now. that after I get to my point? If that makes you feel better, go ahead. Let's do that after. Okay. We'll we'll circle back to this point right here and okay. we'll talk about why I did that. Please. But do. that's not the moral of today's rant and vent session. Will will our listeners learn something from this? They will. Okay, then go ahead. They will. This is going to be a, this is not a tactical episode. This is a mindset episode. Ooh. So just wrap your brains around that, everybody. Okay. So the woman stops paying. Go ahead, Jocko. She never lost her job. Whatever the circumstances were, it uh, it doesn't matter, but she stopped paying. And so I started the foreclosure process. And as we get deep into this process, now this is in the middle of COVID, so uh, getting things through the courts is, is quite a challenge. And so anybody out there that's had rental properties before where they've evicted or had to evict a tenant, they're, they're probably familiar with a concept called cash for keys. Would you like to explain what cash for keys is? No, you're on a roll right now. I'm, okay. I'm not slowing you down. Well, bro. I just, I want to include you in this discussion no, because you're sitting over there okay. and you're looking See, bored. I don't have these issues because I have a world-class property manager. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing is further from the truth. That, that was a good. One. I'll cheers to that. You have the worst property manager that has ever existed. So, where was I? Uh, you're in the middle of a rant. <laughs> you right just now. made me laugh with that property <laughs> manager comment. He's the worst. Okay, so cash for keys. That's where I was. Cash for keys. So what cash for keys is when you need to get somebody out of a property. Oftentimes, it's more advantageous more advantageous to just pay this delinquent tenant or pay this delinquent land contract buyer pay them money for them to just walk away. It's it's cheaper and it's easier in most cases than to pay an attorney and to go through the courts and the hassle and the time and the whole deal. So I offer this woman cash for keys. The other piece of this story is that uh, in complete violation of the land contract, she leased out the basement to some people from her church. So it was wrong on two levels. Number one, the lease pro- prohibited her from leasing the space to anybody, but it also won't get too deep into it, but it was illegal to lease the space because there's no egress windows and per the state of, or per the city of Grand Rapids, it's illegal. Are you sure she didn't listen to episode number, number uh, seven about house hacking? Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think she missed that one too. You know, she, she had the right idea. She had right. the right idea. Give her kudos she for that. She moved some people in that were going to pay rent and help her and help her make the payments on the land contract. Well, guess what? These people moved in and they never made a single payment. So when it comes time for me to offer her these cash for keys, she tells me this sob story about how these people are awful people. They basically took her house over and she told them to leave, but they wouldn't leave. They never paid her a dime of rent, blah, blah, blah. This, uh, I mean, this is not the worst story that's ever happened in like, you know, the world of tenants. But I'm, I'm getting to a point. I'm telling you, I'm getting there. We're ready. So, so the cash for keys, I tell her part of the, uh, if I give you cash for keys, that means the entire place is going to be, be vacant. That means all of your stuff is going to be out. And that means those people have to be out too. So she tells me she makes an attempt to get the people out. She's unsuccessful. And finally, she just throws her hands up in the air and says, you know what? Fine. I'll just, I'll sign the paperwork to sign the house back to you, to which she does. Okay. Step number one, down. I don't have to go through a foreclosure process. This just accelerated my timeline of getting the house back. Or at least you hope it did. Well, yeah. You know, arguably maybe up to 12 months, depending on the court schedule. But anyway, so now I have the problem of these people in this house, which are essentially squatters. They had, I mean, so they, they did have a lease agreement, but one could argue that the lease was never valid because it was against the land contract and because they shouldn't be in there anyway. 
Nevertheless, I have to go through an eviction now, which we start that process. And that kind of gets me into the the gist of what I want to talk about today in these people. So the attitude of this woman who has been living in a house for upwards of six months at this point and has not paid a dime of rent, didn't even pay a deposit, nothing, has been living for free. And I reach out, I finally am able to get in touch with her. And I say, okay, the eviction process is going to begin. You're going to have to leave. So you can either leave now or you can leave with an eviction on your record. It's your choice. And the attitude of this woman was very entitled. It was basically like, well, you owe her that. Well, yeah. Six month free. Extremely entitled. It was essentially like, number one, how dare you? And the other side was, well, evictions aren't going through anyway, so I'm just going to ride this out. Which is not an uncommon, you know, attitude from a deadbeat. Okay, I get that. She knows the system. She does. So then I offer I offer her cash for keys. And there's, at this point, I just want them out of the house. I offer her $800 to just walk away from the house. And her response to me, 800 ain't shit. And well, I, end quote. I got to give Again, her credit. She's, an entrepreneur. She's a capitalist. And just... I can't explain. If you can see the look on Ben's face right now, it's priceless. <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm gonna probably um, at the end of this episode recommend maybe CC's counseling, <laughs> meditation. I mean, weed is legal here in Michigan nowadays. I mean, I don't. Well, recommend, listen, hey, I don't this whole story it. is gonna end on a good note. I promise you that. Okay, good. Okay. So then today, and this is why I'm bringing it up today, is because just this morning I get a text message from the woman who was the original buyer on the land contract. She reaches out to me. And says, hey, I need to give you my address so you can send me that $500 that we agreed on. To which my response was, because remember, I offered her cash for keys. But the deal was, I'll give you 500 bucks, but that the entire house has to be vacant, including those people. So she wants $500 now. Yeah. So now she expects me to give her $500. Of course, when I first I hear that, I'm like, did I actually promise her that? And I forgot about it. I don't think I did. So I go back through the emails and yeah, it was... It was predicated upon her, you know, the house being vacant. Obviously, it didn't happen. But she expects me to send her $500. That wasn't the deal. The deal was that the house was empty and and it wasn't. So she didn't like that answer. So she starts laying into me on the text about how I was illegally charging her late fees during COVID. Interesting. I, I don't know what the rules were on land contracts or mortgages. I'm pretty sure there were some orders put in place that said you couldn't charge tenants late fees. I think that was actually a thing. She's not a tenant. Right, but maybe there was something like that on land contracts too. I don't know. But let's say I was charging her late fees illegally. That order probably would have gone in in April of 2020, maybe. She made her last payment in June was when she stopped paying. So I probably, I may have illegally charged her three months worth of late fees to the tune of about maybe 200 bucks. So this woman that then continued to live in the house without paying a dime for six months now has the audacity to try to say that I owe her 500 bucks for not following through for, with something and also that I illegally charged her $200 worth of late fees when she actually owes me like $7,000 plus late fees in in back payments. So the whole, whatever, the, the numbers don't matter. That story doesn't matter. It's just what's burning me today, Jerry, is the amount of entitlement, the lack of accountability, and the lack of ownership I just feel is running rampant through society today. And this little exa- this is just one small example, right? This stuff happens every single day. Every day. Okay. 
and and this conversation sort of bleeds into this, this other stuff. I'm not going to get political, but I hear rumblings about, you know, there may be some sort of student loan forgiveness and how people are like just beating the doors down about how their student loans should be forgiven. And, oh, it's a, it's a predatory system. I'm just like, when are people just going to take ownership of their own actions? No one put a gun to your head to sign for those student loans. Is the system broke? I, I think the system is broke. Yes, I agree. My point is, is when people hit a roadblock, when people start to feel some friction, all of a sudden they want to start pointing fingers and they think other people need to fix their problems. When that is the exact opposite. You need to fix your own shit, man. You took those student loans out, pay them. Well, I think that uh, I agree with you, Ben, by the way. And I feel your passion and energy toward that. Quick sidebar on that. You know, if those if we have a, a loan forgiveness, debt forgiveness, who where does that where does that come from? That, people don't that's understand. That's my that. question. I don't know how it would work, and I know it's conceptual at this point. Well, but if it's if the taxpayers are going to pay for people's student loans, then I say if you're one of those people that's beating the drum to get your student loans paid off, I say screw you, dude. No way. Well, here's here's the problem. So if the debt forgiveness, if it goes through forgiveness, right? It's, I forget the number. I, I've, I've seen the number. It's like $1.3 trillion or some, some massive number yep. Yep. Of, of, of debt forgiveness for student loans. So you look at that number. The government, by the way, will have to forgive that number because they own that debt technically, right? Or the institutions would, right? The government would have to give them the right somehow to the institutions to, they're going to have to pay them, the institutions for, for, those, for that debt forgiveness. So what happens there is somebody is owed the money. Right, but the government, if the government's going to mandate that's get debt forgiveness, therefore, in my opinion, and I'm, and I'm conceptualizing this real quick, the government would then pay the institutions the monies for, for debt forgiveness. So there, what does that mean? That means we as a society goes back into debt, another trillion dollars in debt. To relieve the debt of people that made bad decisions. Right, but what, what does that mean? So this is what people under, don't under, truly understand is the government is not a machine. The government doesn't make a product. The government isn't a, is a profitable entity. How does government get money? Taxes. Taxes from you and I. They tax us. So now they're making, obviously, a trillion dollars, a lot of people there into that whole mix. But now you're making everybody's problem or, or I want to say this, some people's problems, everybody's problems. So... What does that mean? That means it dilutes the dollar. That means we have more inflation. I mean, there's a whole trickle-down effect of all these things. So when you think it's really helping us, and I would challenge to say is, oh, this is going to it's gonna kill the value of the dollar. We're already in debt to China. I mean, our, we're downgrading our debt to China. I mean, literally, we're going to def- I mean, have to do a soft default or a hard default, which means we don't pay them. I mean, same kind of in your, in your, in your example. I mean, someone doesn't get paid here. And yeah. when what is and what just just like you, you you forgave seven thousand dollars somewhere along the line, right? You said okay, I'll, I'll wipe it clean just just to just to get your property back. Well, in certain cases, well, I stand to benefit from that though. You sure do, but at the end of the day, is in certain cases, China is going to say to us, United States, we're going to forgive some of your debt because you know why? We're going to benefit from that because if if you go bankrupt. United States, we go bankrupt. We're going to be hurting too. So right, but they stand to benefit. But if our tax dollars are going to pay off the debts from somebody else, we stand to benefit zero. We actually there, stand to ban- We stand to what's the opposite of benefit? We stand to be hurt because the value of our dollar will go down. Right. So right. I would like to come back to the subject. Sure. We kind of got we went got a little off the rails there, but we get a little passionate, my, excited my about point that. Was the lack of accountability and ownership is just astounding. 
it's not a generational thing. I don't know what it is because there, I mean, every age group has people that are like this, that have no accountability. I would like to think that if you're listening to this, your podcast, you're not one of those people because you know, you're probably listening to this because maybe you want to learn something or maybe you want to better yourself and you're probably not like that, but just take ownership. This goes back to episode one, man. Everybody, you are where you are because of your decisions. Your government is not going to save you. Your boyfriend is not going to save you. Your mom and dad should not be saving you. Take care of your own shit. It's just driving me crazy. So we're going to rename this so, episode went from be careful to, to take care of your own shit. Yes. If you are in a bad place, and I'm, student loans is, there's so many other things other than student loans. It's just a hot topic right now. But if you're in a place where you can't pay your student loans, well, what are you going to do about it? The unfortunate reality is that you can't declare bankruptcy and get rid of them. That is the part of the problem. And I agree that the whole student loan system is effed up. It is jacked wow. up. Why wouldn't you leave college just everyone declare bankruptcy? Go find a loophole and everyone will do it. Well, I can guarantee you it would immediately reduce the cost of college if now those loans weren't forgiven. Now, there is some... That is what has contributed to the rampant acceleration. What's the word I'm looking for? The cost of the cost of college has just gone absolutely through the roof. It's insane. You oh. want to know why? Because 18-year-old kids have an infinite supply of money. You're 18 years old. You can go sign up for hundreds of thousands of dollars of school, student loans, and you can never get rid of them. Sign here. Oh, my goodness. So the system's broke. And before any of the haters out there, you know, want to get on my back about, oh, well, what about the, go the you know, the bailouts of the big, uh, you know, insurance and banks back in 08 and 09? Well, I think that was wrong, too. The bailouts. This is, this is a different kind of bailout. It's bailing out student loan debt, bailing out the big banks. It just promotes bad business. So, okay, so government, you're going you're gonna to forget bad debt. Okay, well, then let's say I get into a mortgage and I can't make my mortgage payment. You think, the, should the government then bail me out for that? It's a bunch of bullshit, man. If you I can't agree. pay for it, don't sign up for it. And again, this 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 is take us on down a whole other a whole other avenue of you know the value of college. And we're gonna we need to do a whole separate episode on college. But no, I'm, that, I'm, that was that was my point for today. That well, was it. I just needed to get that off my chest. And I know this is a safe space. And I appreciate you listening, Jerry. You're you welcome. Were very helpful. You helped me talk through it. I got it out. I'm glad you feel better. I got it now, out. I just just to just a sidebar on my boy Hoss here, I, and he's passionate about it. Now there are some circumstances where if you you know you, you probably some of our listeners probably bought some things and there are some there's some unfortunate things happened this year through COVID and whatever maybe you lost your job or something I get it we're not here to hate on that whatever it's just the end of the day is it's a principle of do we want to do we want to wrap this up right here or do you want to actually kind of maybe we didn't really talk about why you did a land contract no I think you know what let's just make this we've been recording for like thirty five minutes I think so why, why don't we just make this we're gonna wrap up episode eight on this. On this, on this high note. And today is going to be, the, the, the episode title is going to be called, Take Care of Your Own Shit. Take Care of Your Shit. <laughs> Yo, shit. All right. Cheers. That's it. Cheers. That's a good one. Adios. All right. Hey, everybody. Thanks so much for listening. We would love it if you would subscribe and leave us a review. You can find us on Instagram and Facebook at POFU Podcast. And as always, we would love for you to join us in our conversation. Send us an email at POFUPodcast at gmail.com.